Please pray with me. Father, as we look this morning at how you began to transform Jesus' first disciples into fishers of men and women, we pray that you'd give us insight into this passage, and we pray that you would be at work more and more changing us into people who catch people for you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The board of directors for Church of the Ascension is called the Vestry. About a month ago, the Vestry made all these really nice gift bags for each of the staff members for Christmas. So I took my gift bag home and, and looked at all the stuff that was in it, and there was this uh, mystery cake that was in it. It was the shape of a hockey puck, but a little bit bigger. Some kind of fruit or nut cake, it was, it was hard to tell. I unwrapped the foil it was in, and then after you unwrapped the foil, it was wrapped in cheesecloth. And after you took the cheesecloth off, it appeared that this cake had been saturated in some kind of liquid, maybe alcohol. I don't have a lot of experience with fruitcakes. I looked at it. It looked really nice. But I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do with it. So I wrapped it back up. And then a couple days later, I came back and I thought, maybe this is one of those desserts that you're supposed to light on fire before you eat it. I, you know, I didn't want to take any chances and spoil this really nice gift. So I got a match and I tried to light it on fire. It didn't work. I stopped after the second match because I didn't want to char it. So I just ate it. I still don't know what it was, but it was great. Whatever it was, it was awesome. So thank you to whoever put that in there. For me, evangelism is just like that fruit cake. Or nut cake. I'll start saying nut cake. It's just like that nut cake. Evangelism looks nice. I hear it's a very good thing. I've heard it's very rewarding. But for so much of my life, I've had no idea what to do with it. It started out in high school. In high school, my youth group leaders repeatedly told us how important it was to witness to our non-Christian friends. Witness, witness, witness. That's the language they used. I don't think they ever explained what it meant to witness or how to do it. But whatever it was, it was important. And so I tried. But it was a lot of stumbling around in the dark. In college, things got a little better. I went to a couple formal seminars on how to share your faith. There's this one I went to called How to Become a Contagious Christian. And I learned some stuff, and that all culminated one day in a bunch of my classmates boarding a bunch of school buses headed for downtown Chicago to share our faith with people on the street. We would meet with people and tell them that we were doing a survey on religion and would you like to participate? And as part of the survey, they would hear the gospel message. And so my, my friend and I were walking around downtown Navy Pier and we met this really nice guy. And yeah, he'd want to take the survey and it appeared that he lived on the street and, uh, and no, he had never accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and, and yes, he would like to. And it was all going so easy. I thought, man, this is great. And so, uh, so we prayed with him for him to accept Jesus, and then we're saying our goodbyes, and, and he says, uh, hey, do you think you could help me out with some money for lunch? And so my, my friend and I look at each other, and we're like, oh, gosh, 
we got to help this guy. He, he just became a Christian. How could we not? And so we gave him some money for lunch. And uh, later on that day, as we all boarded the buses, it turns out that guy accepted Jesus three times that day. <laughs> for a long time, I've had this love-hate relationship with evangelism. It's something I've wanted to do. But for most of my life, I haven't been sure how to do it. I've been taught how to do it by different programs and and many different people, but so many of those programs just didn't really seem to mesh with my personality. I felt like they were trying to put me into a mold that just didn't make sense, that I wasn't comfortable with. And so, when a preacher gets up to speak on Mark chapter 1 or similar passages, I've always been a little leery. And I strap myself in and, and just resign myself to the fact that for the next 20 or 30 minutes... I'll be pressured and and cajoled to to do something that I really have no idea how to do. I hope that this morning's message will be different. We're going to make some observations about the text before us, about Mark 1. And then I'm just going to offer up some reflections on how I've sensed God slowly making me more into a fisher of people. A process that's, that's continuing. You won't leave being a master evangelist or know all the right things to do, but I hope it'll give you some good stuff to chew on. Let's look at the text. John the Baptist had just been arrested, and Jesus starts going around Galilee telling people the good news of the gospel, that the kingdom has come near. He passes by Simon and Andrew, who are fishing in their boat along the Sea of Galilee, and he says simply in verse 17, follow me. And I will make you fish for people. Other translations of verse 17 read, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of people. It's kind of an awkward sentence. I will make you become. What does that mean? Seems to me there's two ways to interpret that. Either Jesus is saying, I'm going to teach you all the right techniques to fish for people, I'm going to teach you the best practices. And then you're going to go do it. In short, I will teach you how to fish for people. That's one option. The other option is, he's saying, I'm going to take you and I'm going to transform not just your techniques for interacting with people, but I'm going to change you at the very core of your being so that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will become a fisher of people. So we have these kind of two options. I will teach you how to fish for people, or I will transform you into a fisher of people. I think it's a combination of both. But from what we know of the rest of Scripture, I think it's good to place the emphasis on God Jesus transforming those disciples and of God transforming us. In 1 Corinthians 12, we're told that no one can come to believe in Jesus unless the Holy Spirit is at work in their lives. God converts people. We don't convert people. God may use this as part of the process, but he's the one doing the heavy lifting. I think that's really important to understand. I think that's where this part where I've gone to some evangelism trainings and I felt like they were trying to turn me into somebody that I wasn't. I learned a lot of good things from how to become a contagious Christian, that... Bill Hybels, a pastor, developed. 
But I felt like the program was trying to turn me into Bill Hybels. I would like to suggest that God doesn't want to transform us into Billy Graham or Bill Hybels or anybody else. I'd like to suggest that he wants to transform us into fishers of people while maintaining our personality and identity. I'd like to suggest that he transforms us slowly and that fishers share news. We've already touched on how God transformed these fishers into fishers of people. But he also did it slowly. After spending three years with the disciples, these disciples had come a long way, but they were still fumbling along. Yet Jesus sent these new fishermen loose after three years of eating and sleeping, day-in, day-out conversations. When you compare that to training programs that promise to turn you into a master evangelist in three hours, it's just not going to happen. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes God transforms us more slowly than we would like. The third point, God did not turn all these men into the same type of fishermen. It doesn't seem to me that God transforms us into machines, into copycats. And that was one of the most freeing things for me to realize about evangelism. Do you know there have been people who have taken Billy Graham's sermons and preached them literally word for word at evangelistic meetings and nothing happens? Nobody comes to faith. But when Billy Graham preaches those sermons, God moves. It seems that God needs more. Billy Graham's important, but God needs more than Billy Graham. He needs Billy Graham, but he needs the unique giftings and personalities of you and I. And how you fish and how I fish may look different, but the result will be the same. One of the most helpful ways that God has been using to transform me more into a fisher of people has been uh, hanging out with Johnny Cagwin over the past couple years. I get to work with Johnny. Many of you know him as the campus minister. Uh, but I also hang out with uh, Johnny and Nate and some other guys uh, Monday morning and Friday morning. We read the Bible together. We, we catch up. And for much of that time, we'd meet at this local coffee shop. And as we did that, I got to see how Johnny shared his faith with people. And it was so natural. It's not like he switched modes from being kind of normal Johnny to evangelism Johnny. He just was himself. And he shared his transformed self with people. And all of a sudden, I start to get a glimpse of how I don't have to change. I can just use natural opportunities that arise. We'll get back to that a little bit later. Uh, but the last observation I'd like to make about the disciples and their fishing exploits is that they shared news. That may seem obvious because we talk about good news so much. We talk about the good news of the gospel, God's message of salvation with Jesus on the cross and the resurrection. But I'm not always sure that we're aware when we are and are not sharing news. Here's what I mean. After Jesus died and was resurrected, 
not a whole lot of people knew about it at first. So when the disciples told people about Jesus, it was news. They hadn't heard of it. When missionaries go to a culture that has never heard about Jesus, it's news. But for most of the people I interact with during the week, Jesus dying and being resurrected isn't news. Some may believe it, some may not. But it's not news because even most Christians in our society, even those who are not Christian, most of them have some vague idea about what the Christian story entails. And the danger I see in that is, I think for me, I have a danger of squandering opportunities when I try to tell the message all in one fell swoop. I've found that people are more receptive when I tell them current news about what God is doing in my life. And so as I've sought to kind of grow in sharing my faith, I don't try to tell the whole gospel story at once, but I tell them some piece of new news of something current that God is doing in my life. Because when we become Christian, when we become a Christian, God doesn't stop being at work in our lives. He brings new pieces of good news that we can share with others. I'm going to tell you one opportunity I squandered with, with sharing good news, and it was at the coffee shop I mentioned earlier. Um, and uh, sometimes when I work on sermons, I write from home, and I was working on a sermon one day. It was going great, but I needed a break. So I walked to this coffee shop and saw this barista, and he said, to, Hey, Josh, what's new? Not much. What's going on with you? A very short exchange, but I lied to him. I could tell the way he asked when he asked what's new. I could tell he wanted to know. We knew each other. We had a relationship. And something was new. I walked to that coffee shop with a skip in my step because God had just shown me something powerful about his word that I had never seen. But instead of being myself and sharing that news, I just said, not much. How are you doing? To close... I just want to throw out five tips on sharing your faith. And I hope some of them are helpful for you. Uh, The first is, be yourself. Don't force things. When natural opportunities arise, take them. Second, share news. God didn't stop acting in your life the moment you became a Christian. Three, do what you're good at. I'm good at at inviting people to parties. I am. So that's what makes it so easy for me to invite people to pub club. It's just a big party with a gospel component added on. What are you good at? And how might God use that to have you fish for people? I don't know who to attribute this quote to, but I found this helpful. You don't need training to be a witness. A witness just describes what you've seen and experienced. And here's the fifth tip, which may be the most helpful of all. And that's simply to take God up on his offer and to tell him, I want to become a fisher of people. Let's pray. Father, I confess that I so often have I've stumbled in sharing my faith and, and have more stories of failure than success. Uh, but I trust that you are transforming me and that you are transforming all of us.
more and more to become fishers of people. For those of for those present today who want to tell you once again that they want to do that and they want to be used by you, I pray that you would honor that. And I pray that you would be growing all of us in our ability to share the good news of your kingdom. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.